managing and growing content is you know kind of a, a capital intensive game or just a slow build game if you're not going to spend a lot of money on it so it's always you know, it's a balance with that as well Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I'm going to sit down today with Adam Hendel, the founder of Ballsy Brands. Their first product ever was Ball Wash. And yes, if at this point you're saying, wait a minute, is this what I think it is? It's exactly what you're asking yourself right now. It's a men's product for the shower. And they have taken this original product, which was an idea that he got while he was in the shower, and turned it into a multiple seven figure home run in such a short period of time. So I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. And one of my favorite things about Adam is he's made sure that in this period of success, he's built giving into their business model. So as they sell more and more product and as they grow, also more and more people are benefiting from the giving model that they have built in. And you're going to hear all about that. And that's because he's got a really strong money mindset. He's got a really strong relationship with money. You know, he bootstrapped this business, meaning he didn't take any outside money and he built it into this multiple seven figure business in just seven months. Could you imagine doing that with whatever business you care about or whatever idea that you have gotten in the shower or that you want to pursue? It's kind of what everybody dreams of is that fast, rapid ascension beyond seven figures with an idea that you got as a download. And he's done that because he's really worked hard on his money mindset and his habits around having the money to put into the business as you're going to hear as we go into that. You know, one of the best ways that you can think like Adam and act like Adam when it comes to your business and your money is by rolling up your sleeves and going to thetruthaboutmoney.com and checking out the course there that has been priced so that any single person that wants to have these types of habits and beliefs around money that Adam and that I do and that other individuals on the show do can attain it. I want you to go check this course out. It will change your relationship with money forever. Go to thetruthaboutmoney.com. All right, so let's dive in with Adam, the founder of Ballsy Brands. They have several different products now, but it all started with the original ball wash. How cool is this? He's a great example of taking action on an idea that he literally got while in the shower. He grew from zero to seven figures in just seven months. Can you imagine? And he's a great example of how to embrace your idea. You know, get a bit edgier than you are right now. He has permission to move forward without worrying about what other people think. And that's one of my favorite things about this episode. You're going to love how he's built giving into his sales model. And you're going to love how he balances being a father and a husband at the same time as having a e-commerce startup. Because we all know that balancing all that can be very, very difficult. So you're going to learn from that as well. There's so many great takeaways from what Adam's doing. He is a success story that I think a lot of you will be able to resonate with. So get ready, listen up, because this episode is so valuable. Adam Hendel, my man, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Good. Thanks for being on. 
So thank you. listen, we're going to warm this thing up with some rapid fire. It's a fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry. And then if there's something really good that comes up uh, that we want to do a deep dive on, we'll do kind of a U-turn and, and circle back to it. How's that sound? Yeah, you got it. Let's do it. All right. Real easy. Where'd you grow up? Grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. And where do you live now? I live in LA. Ah, perfect. My neighbor. Favorite quote? Yeah, we got, got to meet up. Uh, we do. So this one I... This one I came across recently and it really just resonated with me. And that's taking yourself seriously doesn't mean you have to be serious, which I fit, you know, feels like a perfect fit for our brand and myself personally. <laughs> Man, is that a perfect <laughs> that's what I'm sure we'll get brand. into. I love that. Uh, what's one of your superpowers? Yeah, I think some people look at this as kind of a negative, but for me, I'm a jack of all trades. Like I have uh, marketing, design, copywriting, and that's really helped me grow my business to date. So I'd say I'm a jack of all trades. I love it. What's one of your favorite books? Ooh, uh, favorite books. That's a good question. I think the most recent book that I really enjoyed was Shoe Dog, uh, Phil Knight's story from Nike. Great book. What's one thing you're challenged by right now? <laughs> uh, good question. So, you know, running a, running a small business, I think everything. <laughs> but, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little more specifically, but for us, you know, our brand is, is definitely fun and playful. So it's transitioning from a novelty kind of look to more of a lifestyle always on brand. Yeah, for sure. What's one of your all-time favorite accomplishments thus far? Um, well, being a dad, number one. And then number two, taking uh, Ballsy full-time in February of this year. So taking it from a part-time hobby to a full-time business. So cool. Two more. What's something generous you've done recently? Um, so we uh, just did in April, a. Uh, it was in April, it was Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. And we donated $1 from every bottle we sold um, to uh, Testicular Cancer cancer awareness. And um, yeah, it was awesome. Man, way to go. And last but not least, what are you grateful for today? Uh, just grateful for my family. Always being supportive, especially my wife. I mean, this has been a crazy journey and she's been behind me the whole time. So cool. All right. So listen, I really want to paint the picture for everybody. You took this <laughs> very novelty, and we use your word, very novelty type idea, you know, the ball wash and ballsy and all the clever quips that you guys have from idea to seven figure business in seven months. Is that right? Yeah, we hit our first, we hit seven figures in about seven months and now we're about a year and a half and done a few multiples of, of that. So yeah, it's been a crazy you know year and a half. That's for sure. Dude, that is no joke. Congratulations. So take us back to the beginning. Where did this crazy idea come from? <laughs> this always sounds like I made it up, but honestly, this idea came to me in the shower, like in many great <laughs> ideas. So um, this is probably about two and a half, three years ago when I was actually, you know, had this kind of moment, but I was in the shower just looking at all the different products that my wife had. And it just kind of hit me like as a guy, you know, there's very few products that we have, you know, I have a face wash, a body wash. And I was just like, man, I wonder if anyone's ever created anything called a ball wash. Jumped out of the shower, frantic Google search later, I was just blown away and surprised that no one had created a product called ball wash. And this also coincided with the um, just a step in my life where I was just getting into more high quality personal care products of so just kind of over, you know, the stuff that you always get at Target and just was looking for a more high quality product. Um, so I was like, man, I wonder if there's something here where we can marry a fun, playful brand that turns heads and then uh, follow up with a really high quality product. You know what surprises me? All the good ideas that people get in a shower or wherever, but they never take action on. Like what made you actually take action on it? Yeah, great question. So I can't say that I immediately took action on it. It was one of those things where like, man, I think something's here. I started reading, you know, a bunch of blog posts and books on how to validate the idea, you know, MVP, almost talked myself 
out of it, right? And I was also involved in a startup that was going through a major acquisition. I was the first employee at this um, influencer marketing platform called FameBit. We we're getting acquired by Google. It's like all these things are happening in my life. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to shelve this. Um, you know, come back to this down the road. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. I'm like, you know what? I need to find a good manufacturing partner that was willing to take a chance on me with like a minimum amount of, uh, you know, ball wash, if you will, and then just test it. And that's what I did. It took us, took me about six months or so to find the right manufacturing partner. Um, you know, when you're, when you're trying to launch a product, finding that partner early who really gets the vision and believes in you as you know, is everything. And it's been everything for my business. You know, I had several calls where you know, I'm calling these factories and I'm like, sure, kid, you know, if you want to <laughs> launch with 10,000 units. And for me, like, you know, this, just, this was an idea that I thought had legs, but you know, I didn't want to invest a bunch of money into it until I could prove it out. Um, long story short, um, I got connected with this manufacturing facility in Michigan, got them on the phone. I was like, here's my idea. I want to create this high quality men's personal care product called Ball Wash. Like, <laughs> say no more. We're in. This is going to be great. I'm like, well, just so you know, like, I only want to order 500. They're like, we don't care. Uh, we think this is going to be really good. We want to partner with you. So that's what we did. And then officially launched uh, basically Black Friday weekend of uh, 2017 and sold out 500 units in you know, basically the, the first 48 hours. And was like, wow, all right, well, <laughs> this is great. And also terrifying that I have no more products um, you know, for the rest of holiday. Uh, but going back into you know, finding that great manufacturing partner or a partner for your business when you're just getting started out, these guys were excited as well, and they're like, "Let's get it spun up." So we we uh, made fifteen thousand units and sold them out, you know, in the in, in all of December, and that really just kind of propelled the business into twenty eighteen. Man, that's insane! I mean, that's not very long ago, and you start with a, just a, a tiny order of five hundred units. They believed in you. How many units have you guys sold now? Do you think in the past what is it a year and a half? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think um, I mean ball wash specifically, you know, over uh, over a hundred thousand units. Incredible. Um, Not to mention all the other products you have too. Yeah. So we expanded um, from ball wash. We added a solid cologne called Nut Rub and then a <laughs> spray called Zach Spray. So yeah, very, uh, you know, uh, over the top branding, very fun and playful. Obviously the manufacturer is like, dude, we love the idea we're in. Who told you this is the dumbest idea ever? Did anybody do that? <laughs> you know, I had a few conversations with friends over drinks and like, you know, I, I had an e-commerce business before this where I, I made this beer pong um, card game. So like, I've always been that type of person. Like I used to have a YouTube channel back in like 2008 that are just always trying to like build small businesses. And this was definitely one where I sat down with some friends and like, oh, okay, like ball wash on, huh? this is going to be funny. You know, it wasn't like, this isn't going to work, but it's like, mm, I'm not sure. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to believe in yourself and go for it. And, uh, you know, I, I thank God every day that I did. Man, that's awesome. So what people don't realize with the CPG company is just how difficult it is to do that funny dance between having money for product and then waiting to get paid from the actual stores that sell that project, uh, product. But you're direct to consumer. Is that right? Like you're just e-commerce? Yeah, it's, I mean, 95% of our business right now is direct to consumer through our own website. We haven't actually expanded on Amazon yet. Um, and we are in some retail, but it's mostly smaller, you know, boutiques, barbershops that have, you know, bought our products, love them, and then decided to bring them on. But we haven't really made a huge push in retail yet. Okay. So, so does that make it easier then from a, a cash flow standpoint, getting paid a little bit quicker and being able to renew your product? Yeah, it does because um, typically you get payment within 24 hours. 
Um, so, you know, like I said, I started with 5,000 and was able to kind of grow that snowball quickly because once I sold out that first 500, I was able to place the next order and just kind of grown it, you know, doing that ever since. But it is hard, you know, man- managing cash flow and you'd have to take some big bets. Um, you know, basically out of that, that first Christmas window we were in, I knew that we wanted to go big for Valentine's Day, but. We had to place a huge order up front. You know, you just get definitely very nervous placing a large size PO for the first time. I'm like, is this going to dry up or is this going to be another success? So you just got to keep kind of placing your chips on the table, hoping it keeps hitting. You know, it's funny because people don't realize how tough it is to bootstrap a business. Were you ever tempted to take on outside capital to grow faster? Yeah, absolutely. So the end of last year, I started talking to investors. And this really goes back to that cash flow issue you know it's an inventory-based business you have to have product on hand and that product costs money it's not like a you know a SaaS business or a software business where once you have the product out it's you you don't have to to spend any money on keeping inventory in hand so i did start uh having conversations with investors end of 2018 got very along uh very far along at some talks had some offers and then 2018 Christmas just blew the doors off. And I was like, okay, like maybe we can do this by ourselves or at least wait a little bit longer. So I decided then to pause. And then again, 2019 Valentine's Day, which is an incredible like one-two punch between Christmas and Valentine's Day that's been able to kind of keep the, uh, the business bootstrapped to date. Adam, anyone listening right now, they'd be like, wow, this is easy. I can go formulate some kind of soap and start a uh, e-commerce site and and become a millionaire just like you. What We all know yeah, that's not really how it goes, right? So what's been the yeah. toughest part of getting this brand off the ground? Yeah. So for this business, you know, the, the brand's called Ballsy, the product's called Ball Wash and, you know, Saks Brain Not Rub. For us, it's really that fine line of being like, where where should we live? Being funny and playful, but not crude and over the top or bro or macho. That's not what we want to do. So it's always striking the balance with the brand on you know what what is fun and playful and what is not and what are people going to relate to, and then taking that a step further. And I was alluding to this before is by having this fun, engaging brand. It's kind of this double edged sword, right? We cut through the noise on Facebook and Instagram. People love tagging each other, leaving comments. You know, it's very shareable, but it also paints us as more of like a novelty brand. Like right now, we just have products for, you know, below the belt care while all our products are aimed for there, but you can use them everywhere, but everyone just, you know, the names kind of push you there. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, all five-star reviews, like everyone loves the product, but the mindset is I'm buying this as a gift more as a one-time purchase. You know, no matter how much I like it, it's just when you go in with that mindset, we're finding that it's hard to get them to, you know, repeat. And especially because those are the only three products we have. So we've definitely, you know, had to think through, as we expand the brand this year, how can we get past that novelty aspect and really become more of a lifestyle business? Because for me, like the novelty play is great. Um, it obviously gets, you know, it's helped us bootstrap the business. We haven't had to take on a lot of outside capital because the edginess of the brand has been able to get us that first customer. But if we want to sustain, you know, we're going to have to look more into like how do we increase the lifetime value? And we have some ideas on how to do that. One is subscriptions. So um, we we launched a subscription program last year where customers get products sent to them, um, you know, however frequently they want. We have about 4,000 guys who are on that now, which has been great. Um, and then two, and this is the one I'm most excited about, is just expanding the product line itself. So not just, you know, below the belt care, but, you know, shampoo, conditioner, deodorant. Um, so that when people maybe get it as a gift, like we lead balls forward, if you will, which is the hook, 
then they come back to the site and realize, oh, this is a full-fledged men's personal care brand that I could get behind. Um, so that's where a lot of time is being spent. And then third, not to keep rambling on, is building out more content around what does it mean to be a ballsy customer. And that for me is one of the hardest ones to do being bootstrapped because managing and growing content is you know kind of a, a capital intensive game or just a slow build game if you're not going to spend a lot of money on it. So it's always you know, it's a balance with that as well. Yeah, I would imagine. What's the biggest break you've gotten in building this thing? I would say launching, you know, I think we launched at the perfect time with with Christmas, Black Friday. It, it just lined up perfectly. You know, I had it in the back of my mind that that would obviously be a great time to launch, but you know, I wonder if we launched this, you know, earlier in the year if we would have had that, you know, quick sellout moment and then really catapulted the brand. So I think that was really the breakthrough, just like perfect timing on, on that launch and then being able to capitalize on that launch and then push the business, you know, further. All right. So you're talking that you've had e-commerce businesses in the past and, and been part of startups in the past. Where did this entrepreneurial gene come from? Is this from your parents? Is this from your upbringing? Is this where did it come from? I don't know. I mean, my, my parents are, you know, they're absolutely incredible, been super supportive, but, you know, not super entrepreneurial by any means. I just, I guess I've always had it a little bit. I mean, back in the, you know, back in the day growing up, it was, you know, lemonade stands and baseball cards and, you know, that, that whole thing. And then it's just been something that's always interested me. You know, it's something that keeps my creative juices going, you know, whether I was working, you know, full-time position and uh, something that I can kind of build on my own. I think it's really exciting to launch stuff and to see what you can do with it. Um, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not, but it, you know, each, each time is a learning experience. Yeah, I'd imagine. How are you balancing? Because uh, you're a newer father, is that right? Uh, my daughter's five. Oh, okay, all right. So, how how are you balancing being a father and a husband and an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So, as mentioned, I went full time in February. You think when you go full time, it means that you know you're going to have more time for everything else, but that just isn't usually the case. Just time fills up with more things to do. So, I think it's just being really cognizant that you know when when I get home you know, from working on the brand, like I am just setting aside business for, you know, the next three to four hours until my daughter goes down to bed. You know, it's just complete concentration on her and, you know, family life. And then when she goes down, you know, I'll go back to work. You know, it, it depends on, you know, if my, well, my wife and I have plans, obviously we need to keep our relationship healthy and solid. And like I said earlier, she's just been an amazing support and has really, you know, pushed me along and in support of the whole way where I think, you know, if it wasn't that case, this has been a lot harder. But I'm cognizant of that, and it's it's really important, I think, just as an entrepreneur to set aside time and not feel bad about setting aside time. I know that's something that I've wrestled with. You know, there's just this whole mentality of like you have to keep pushing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If not, you're going to get left behind in, in the dust. You know, and like that always plays in my head. Like I I could always do more. So it's it's a balance of like kind of quieting that voice and be like everything's going to be okay. You need to take care of your family as well. And I think setting aside that time and knowing in my head, like this is our time has really helped just kind of solidify that. Man, I think everybody that writes into the show that DMs me the whole night, that's like one of the biggest things that they struggle with. You guys have any like built-in practices or anything to keep the relationship a priority as much as the business and, and keeping a father a priority as much as the business? Or are you literally just winging it and being conscious of both? <laughs> Maybe a little column A and column B. I mean, like I said, when I get home and I know my daughter goes down at 8.30, I am not you know, touching the business in, in that time frame for her. So she has my attention. And then for myself and my wife, you know, it's all about creating date nights, going out and doing fun things, not losing ourselves. And I think that's just, you know, 
important, aside from being an entrepreneur and running a business, I think that's just important as a relationship. And as I mentioned before, we're from, we're both from Chicago, so we really don't have family here. So it makes it difficult, but we try and go the extra mile. Like we'll fly a parent out here, um, you know, to watch beta so we can go on, you know, a, a, you know, husband wife trip for a few days so that we have our time just to ourselves. And I think doing that has really helped us just as a family together. I know there's a lot of husbands, wives, friends that we talk to. It's like, you guys are crazy if you're like leaving your daughter and going on like, you know, a, a vacation with each other. But for me, like us keeping our healthy relationship keeps our whole family healthy. And that takes work and effort. And, you know, we do whatever we can to make sure that that's, you know, always a priority. Man, well said. And, uh, yeah, we just celebrated our nine-year uh, wedding anniversary. So, oh, so that's so awesome. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Lori and I are coming up on 14. That's Amazing. It flies by, doesn't it? It really does. It you mentioned really Chicago. Does. Tell me about your Midwest upbringing versus living on the coast. Do you think that there's any advantage to being exposed to both? Or why don't you shed a little light on that? Yeah. I think growing up in the Midwest, you know, I said I went, you know, I grew up in suburbs of Chicago. I went to school in Wisconsin. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want this to come across wrong, but like, I feel like there's just something in the Midwest where people are just a little more friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're just like, you talk to people that are strangers a little more. People hold open the doors a little longer. Like, not everyone is just kind of out for themselves. It's more of this um, community amongst people. Where in LA, I absolutely love LA. When we landed here, I was like, this is home. But it's a little more of like dog eat dog. Everyone's kind of <laughs> not, not everyone's as, <laughs> as friendly, I've noticed, I guess. As you know, on the streets, at least as in, um, you know, the Midwest. And I think, you know, having like those family values and just kind of that community growing up is, you know, obviously a part of who I am um, and something that, you know, I want to make sure that I teach my daughter growing up as well. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you know this. I'm Green Bay, born and raised. Green Bay, Milwaukee, but mostly Green Bay. So same thing, like Midwest upbringing and uh, moved out here seven and a half years ago. It's funny when we go home now, because we go home a couple times a, a year, when we go home, strangers talk to you. They're like, Hey, how are you? How's your, and I'm like, why are you asking me questions? Cause you, <laughs> you get so programmed out here to just be in the hustle and, you know, conversations yeah. are different and people don't take interest in you that are, that are strangers. And, and it always takes me like 24 hours to kind of get back into that friendly Midwest type of, you know, atmosphere. Uh, it's funny to say that, but I mean, I feel that as well. You know, we go back once or twice a year and it's like, there's a, there's a noticeable difference and again, you know, I absolutely love everything about LA, the hustle and bustle, but um, you know, there's something nice about, you know, going back to, you know, the Midwest and just having that. So is this where your generosity came from? This Midwest upbringing? Like, why don't you shed a little light on that? Because the fact that you guys uh, give proceeds towards testicular cancer research and, and a few other things, that giving gene had to come from somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you could say that's from my, my Midwest upbringing and family values and just, you know, caring about, you know, friends, family, people that you don't know and how you can help them out. Um, to be honest, you know, I'd love to do, I'd love to do more. And when I launched Ballsy, you know, it was always with that thought in mind of like, how do we give back and how do we, you know, take a portion of proceeds to do something good. And, you know, when I launched it, I knew that being bootstrapped was going to be tough to do that, but I've always, you know, I kept that in mind. And then, you know, as mentioned in April, we did the the testicular cancer awareness bottle, and we're looking to do more of that moving forward, not just as an April thing, um, but as, as an always on uh, type of effort. Talk to me a little bit more about your giving goals. Like, where would you like to actually end up once this thing is a smash hit? <laughs> that's that's great. Like I said, I think for me, having an always on portion of proceeds going towards charity um, is really really a goal for me. 
um, instead of just like a one-off. Like for for uh, Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, we made three thousand bottles and we donated three dollars from every bottle that we sold. And once you know those are gone, like that's the end of that run. And I think that's you know a great start. And it was a way to kind of uh, see what we could handle financially um, as a as as a business while giving back. Um, and it seems to be great. You know, it's not a, a ton of money, but as the company grows, I'd hope to you know scale that at the same pace that the company grows as well. Do you have any insight? Because the bulk majority of listeners are, are newer entrepreneurs, and I get the question a lot: like, "Hey, I really want to give, but I don't know how much to give, and what should I attach it to? My proceeds, my net profit, my my this, my that." Do you have any guidelines around that, or did anybody help you with that, or have you just been experimenting? No, I mean, I think it's more of an experiment. And I would just say, give what you can give. I think something is more than nothing. You know, we I kind of wrestled with, is it, you know, is it $3 a bottle? Is it $5 a bottle? And, you know, I don't know what the right answer was. It just felt like 20% of everything that we sold was a good amount that we could absorb, feel good giving that it wasn't, you know, just a dollar. But we also could, you know, absorb, you know, the cost of, you know, the product itself and, and advertising it and such. So I would just say something is better than nothing and just go for it. You'll feel good about it. It's, it's you know, you're never going to feel bad about helping other people. Um, but if you overthink it, it never happens. Like you'll never get there. I mean, that goes back to just starting this business. You know, I almost overthink it and didn't get it out there. So just take the leap. Yeah. yeah otherwise, you'll never know. I love that, man. I love that. That's such good advice. So where are you guys going next? Where are you taking this thing? Yeah, so uh, the most immediate concentration is on expanding that product line. So again, shampoo, conditioner, deodorant, face wash, really building out a full men's lifestyle brand. I mean, we didn't really get into the, the brand other than just kind of the playfulness of it. But for me, the other reason why I think this brand has work is worked is because I think there's a white space in men's personal care, right? Like there's the grocery store brands that everyone knows, you know, the Axe Old Spice, like that's all well and good. And then there's the more like high-end GQ hipster type of brands, apothecary type brands where like they're just a little more serious. And to me, there's this middle ground, right? There's guys that like care about what they're putting on their body. They care about having a good quality product, but they don't necessarily resonate with something that takes themselves, you know, so seriously. And I myself, you know, going back to the quote, like I am not that serious of a guy. Like I, I'm fun and playful. I'm not going to resonate um, with some of those products. And I think that's where we've really found this sweet spot. And I think building out that brand, making sure people get that message past, you know, the fun brand names is really going to be key for us to taking this to you know, the, the next level of the business. I know that you guys probably want mass chain distribution, like let's say Targets and Walmarts and mm-hmm. those kind of things. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had some, we've ha- started to have some of those conversations. I mean, that's definitely of interest. So dumb question. When you have kind of sexual innuendos as your product names and stuff, is that a barrier to getting in stores like that? Is that a concern at all? Oh, definitely a concern. So, you know, it'd be in denial if I said, uh, it wasn't again, you know, it's this double-edged sword thing, you know, we've, we've definitely cut through the noise, got people's attention, but you know, on the other side of that, you know, it also is, you know, uh, something, a, a barrier or a hurdle to overcome, you know, whether it's changing from the novelty brand to a lifestyle brand or getting in certain retailers. Um, we ha- had some conversations with some retailers that don't seem to be scared about it. Mm-hmm. And we've had some that are. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think it's just finding the right partner that has that kind of fun, playful brand. They get it, um, and are willing to take a chance on us. Um, so we'll see how that all unfolds, but yeah, I mean, we're ballsy. So we got We got to live the brand. We got to live balls out and find partners that feel the same way. I love it. Even just going through your website, like 
every little phrase, every little quirk, every little like, you know, piece of clever copy on there is literally <laughs> what makes your brand. And and I, if I woke up in your shoes, I would err on the side of being unique the way you are and letting everything else work itself out. And, that, and that's a really good message to other people out there. They're afraid to uh, lead with something that might be strong, lead with something that might be edgy, lead with something that might be controversial. But honestly, it's like the easiest way to get noticed, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I mean, I think, you know, going back to my wife, you know, I pass all, all our copy through her to kind of get her barometer on it. You know, I share things around just when I'm not sure. So it's always good to get a few eyes on things. But anytime I've ever been, you know, nervous about pushing a type of message or a piece of copy, like it has never backfired to date, knock on wood. You know, I think you have to make sure that you're being cognizant of the way that it's going to be perceived, but don't be afraid to, you know, be bold, be playful, get it out there. Um, so far, it's served me well. Love it. Okay. So two more questions for you. But before I ask you those, where do we get the ballsy products and and where do we follow you, man? Yeah. So uh, the product uh, can be found at ballwash.com, which is uh, our original website, or ballsybrand.com. Both will go to the same place. And then you could follow our Instagram at ballwash. Or if you want to follow myself, it's at Adam Hendel. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Last two questions. We ask everyone this. It's a way to inspire others to come up with really cool ways of giving. Maybe it's even the one you talked about earlier. Who knows? But what's one of your favorite moments of giving ever? Yeah. I mean, obviously the most recent one, I mean, the the give a sack bottle that we did, we <laughs> I didn't get into the details, but it was called the give a sack edition. Um, we hired an artist to do a illustration on the back of the bottle where it was three steps on how to check yourself for testicular cancer. So one, it was informative and two, it gave back. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that was, you know, a really fun way to get back and something that I'm really proud of. Man, that's so cool. And then why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success? That's a great question. I mean, I know that's something that people for some reason feel ashamed about or are not sure how to feel. But for me, it's like, just get out there, go for it. I mean, you're your own worst enemy. If anyone's going to hold you back, it's yourself. And why do that to yourself? There's plenty to go around. There's only the the biggest fear to me is looking back. I mean, like, why didn't why didn't I go for it? And you know, that served me well because I've gone for it each time, even when I almost didn't. And uh, here I am with the business that I've taken full time. Oh man, I love it. Great answer. Listen, all your answers totally appreciate them. I know everyone got a ton of value, especially honestly, just from you leading by example, taking something that could be edgy, taking something that could be you know um, entertaining and off color, and just running with it. It gives everybody else permission to take action on their ideas that they're literally getting in the shower, just like you did. So I can't thank you enough for your, for your time and your example, man. Well, I really appreciate it, Chris. It's been an you know, honor just to, to connect and hopefully, you know, this provides value to other entrepreneurs. Get out there and do it. Love it, man. We'll make sure that uh, plenty of people get pointed uh, in, in your direction. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.